and welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I speak with Johannes Larcher, Global Head at HBO Max about the company's expansion into 15 new European countries, plans for the future and its stance on the war in Ukraine. Despite its ongoing merger with Discovery to create Warner Brothers Discovery, a name we will be talking about a lot in the coming years, Warner Media is continuing its streaming drive with flagship product HBO Max. The streamer first launched in the US in mid-2020 and has since gone on to establish itself as one of the big players in the market. HBO added 13.1 million subscribers in 2021 to reach a total of 73.8 million. Not quite Netflix or Disney Plus levels at this point, but it is still active in significantly fewer markets with significant scope for expansion. The latest expansion for HBO Max is in Europe, adding 15 additional markets to the handful it initially rolled out to in October 2021. For those keeping track at home, HBO Max is now streaming in 61 territories worldwide, with this latest phase focusing on Eastern Europe. Joining me now to talk about this expansion is HBO Max Global Head, Johannes Larcher. How are things going ahead of the HBO Max launch across Europe this week? So this is an important week for HBO Max, obviously, given we're launching in uh, a large number of countries in Central Eastern Europe. We are also launching in Portugal and then in the Netherlands, which for us is a what I would call a virgin territory. We haven't operated linear channels or an OTT service in the Netherlands before. So it's a big week. Things are going well. Many of us have gathered here in, in Budapest. Other team members are uh, spread spread out across the continent, things are looking really good. Uh, we are excited about the, the launch and we think we have a good chance, even with uh, some of the geopolitical drama going on right now to the east of finding good success with our audiences. We're launching in 15 countries in, in Eastern Europe. Mm. I think there's a, there's a few things I want to highlight. Uh, first of all, this is not new territory for us. We've been in Eastern Europe for over 30 years, we were one of the first major Western media companies to launch in Eastern Europe in 1991 when we brought our HBO channels to Eastern European customers for the first time. We have a, a very significant business in the region, both linear channels as well as our HBO Go existing over the top streaming service. We have partners, we have hundreds of employees in the region. So we are we are deeply committed and embedded in Eastern Europe and we are not going to let current troubles in Ukraine slow us down or, or diminish that commitment. Uh, we feel very obligated to bring our best possible service, our best possible content to our fans and partners and customers in Eastern Europe. So we've certainly made some small adjustments around our launch in terms of how we market the launch and uh, uh, you know, have have also taken a close look at how we curate content on our service during this sensitive period. Um, and then we're trying to do what we can to help a little bit. We as Warner Media have a program in place where we've decided to double employee donations uh, to relief efforts. We're donating a substantial amount of cash to uh, the Red Cross in Poland and Romania and in Hungary this week. So we're trying to do what we can to help. But uh, I think it's important we do not let this event uh, and this war stop us from doing what is right for our fans. 
what can those fans that you talk about, what can they expect from HBO Max when it launches in their markets? They can expect a world-class streaming service. For customers who are subscribers to HBO Go, and there are many of them in Eastern Europe and in Portugal today, look, there will be more content on the service, all the best content of Warner Media, all of Warner Media under one roof, whether that is Warner Brothers uh, theatrical movies coming to the service 45 days after their launch in cinemas, whether it is all the best of HBO, all HBO Max originals like Winning Time, which just premiered yesterday in the United States, all the best of Cartoon Network for families with small kids in the region, as well as the best and, and greatest and latest from our DC multiverse. So we are dramatically increasing the number of hours of content on the service, and I'd say also the, the overall quality of the lineup. And that, by the way, includes original content from the region. Hopefully we, we speak about that in a little bit. Besides the content improvements and an amazing array of great stories, feature films, television series, documentaries that we bring to the consumer, they can also look forward to a vastly improved product and viewing experience. So HBO Max is a world-class product with all the features that uh, 2022 customers expect from a great streaming service. Starts with personalization, uh, uh, user profiles, kids' profiles, the ability to filter non-age-appropriate content, continues with features like in-player, in-stream, audio and subtitle switching, uh, downloads to device, 4K content coming to the service, availability on all the major platforms that consumers use to access content. So it's a very much upgraded world-class experience in terms of the product and the service, very competitive with what is out there from, from others in the industry. And then uh, I think the, the last thing I will mention, and I'm sure you'll want to dive more into that, is we're bringing all this, the content, the product, to consumers in a very consumer-friendly packaging and pricing strategy that makes it hopefully irresistible for many, many customers to give us a try. Uh, we want to price for value. We want to be available, uh, accessible, uh, and uh, get as many customers and fans to give us a try and 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 take it for take the car for a spin, if you so want, in the region as possible. So uh, that's what tomorrow will bring and mean to to the region. Well, you've uh, already got a bit of a toe in uh, in the European streaming market with the uh, HBO Max launches last October, was it, in, in Spain and in the Nordics. How did those uh, launches go and what kind of lessons have you learned from there with what you're doing this uh, this month? We couldn't be more pleased with how those launches have gone. We launched in uh, October, late October, in Nordics and Spain. We were, frankly astonished by the level of demand we saw uh, and by the audience reaction. It's been phenomenal uh, in terms of growth on the subscriber front, but also in terms of growth and engagement. Uh, number of hours viewed on the platform and per user have gone up dramatically versus the predecessor product of HBO Nordics and HBO Espana. So the reception has been very, very strong, and, and that built on another successful launch a few months earlier in Latin America, where we launched in late June in 39 countries. So overall, our thesis has been proven out that there is a 
strong demand for an HBO Max service across the globe that brings amazing content from some of the world's most beloved IP and franchises at a very attractive price point and in a good product experience to consumers and fans. What what we learned from the launches so far, look, you learn every time with a major launch like this and and tomorrow's launch will be a bit different in that the number of languages we are having to support here is tremendous. It's uh, uh, I think it's over 15 different languages that we need to support, whereas in Latin America, despite 39 countries, it was only two languages. So there's complexity that is associated with that. Look, what we've learned is that um, a few things. One, one I would highlight that pricing attractively and for value is really, really important. We are not the first streaming service to come to to the markets. We are not the biggest at this point, and we have to we have to give consumers a reason to try us. We have to remove friction from trying us, if you so want. And price value plays a role in that. So we are we are very happy with the pricing decision and the packaging SKU decisions that we've made so far. Another thing we learned is um, we have this promotion that we are launching with tomorrow in Eastern Europe as well as in the Netherlands and Spain that for those customers who sign up early in the first month, uh, we give them an um, unbelievable deal. Uh, if you commit to us uh, right now and sign up for our standard monthly subscription product, you get a massive discount for life as long as you stay subscribed on HBO Max. In Eastern Europe, it's 33%. In the Netherlands, it's 50%. Uh, so you can you can get what is already a good deal for half off if you commit to us during the month of March. And I will tell you that this promotion was not without debate or controversy internally. But what we've seen is that it really works. It brings forward a lot of demand. It's super attractive for consumers, generates a lot of word of mouth. And it also creates a cohort of subscribers that is very loyal. We see very low churn numbers and very high lifetime value from these consumers when we acquire them. So all in all, we're very pleased with that promotion and was one of the big learnings. We had a few learnings in Spain and Nordics that we've incorporated into the launch in Eastern Europe, for example, tomorrow. Uh, we are extending the lifetime discount to existing subscribers of HBO Go in Eastern Europe. That's not something we did in, in Spain and Nordics. We're we're glad to do this. It, it wasn't a problem per se in Spain and Nordics, but it led to many consumers ultimately, who had been with us for a long time, canceling their existing subscription and resubscribing to HBO Max to get advantage, take advantage of the lifetime promo discount. And that's fine. Uh, we're making it a lot easier tomorrow by extending that discount automatically to all existing subscribers as well. And uh, I guess another thing that you're having to do is something that you also had to do in, in, the, in the U.S., where it's not like um, some other companies where they'll be launching a brand new streaming service on the foundation of nothing. I mean, obviously, they've got the IP library and everything, but not having no platform before. I know that there was initially confusion back in 2020, wasn't it, with um, you had HBO Max, HBO Go, HBO Now. Consumers weren't really sure about what the difference is between all of those sorts of things. Things are clearer now in the US, but I suppose you're how you, you would have kind of learned from that and, and, and brought that across as well. 
We did. I mean, we are shutting down HBO Go as soon as HBO Max goes live. And and there's no confusion in the market about that. There's only one service we offer, and that is HBO Max. We are launching the brand and the service in the Netherlands for the first time, and that will be interesting. It's a new kind of challenge, as I alluded to earlier. We have to build the brand. The brand of HBO and HBO Max does not necessarily mean a lot to consumers today because our content was distributed by third-party uh, customers of ours, uh, uh, to be to be clear, in the Netherlands specifically through Sigo. Uh, so we're launching a brand new service and a new brand at the same time in the Netherlands. And obviously that is a steeper challenge than converting an existing base of several million subscribers in Eastern Europe from one brand to HBO Max. But we look forward to it. We, we think we have a great chance in the Netherlands as well. We offer great content at a very good price point, especially if you compare it competitively against some of the other services that have been there for a while or just recently launched. We feel, uh, based on the reactions we got from our event in Amsterdam a few weeks ago, that Dutch consumers will really embrace what we have to offer. So we are excited about it and uh, look forward to that challenge. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned there about content being tied up in licensing deals. I know we've got a, a, a similarly sticky situation here in the uh, in the UK where everything's tied up with uh, with Sky, and I think there's a similar deal in France with Orange. How do you balance trying to be very aggressive in in launching a new platform, streaming platform, whilst also still maintaining those existing relationships without you know rocking the boat too much? Yes. Yeah, our our objective is clear. We we want to be in 190 countries across the globe by 2026. Of course, that list of countries just got a little smaller with with uh, the removal of Russia or self-induced removal of Russia. But look, our goal is to be everywhere we can legally be in every market. Now, in an ideal world, you would launch in every country at the same time immediately. But there are several constraints that govern our measured rollout path across across the globe. One of those, as you mentioned, is content availability. And by that, I mean the availability of our own Warner Media content. Some of our most valuable content is licensed on a long-term basis and exclusively to certain partners. You mentioned Sky in the UK, Germany, and Italy. I would mention Foxtel is in a similar long-term relationship in Australia. And in Canada, we are in a similar situation with Bell. Those deals are forever, and that content will revert back to us. Until then, we work very closely with these partners. They are super important to us. The relationships generate a lot of revenue and cash that helps fund the rollout of Max in other territories. And they also help popularize our content in these countries. So a show like Winning Time, the Lakers show that launched yesterday in the US, that will be popularized in a market like the UK, where you're speaking from, by Sky. And by the time that HBO Max becomes available in the UK, it will be a popular show that will then be available available probably exclusively on HBO Max. So these partners are important. We appreciate them. We work closely with them. But those relationships obviously are not forever and they will change as we get ready to launch HBO Max. So you mentioned earlier as well, talking about content, uh, how you're, you're launching with uh, some some local content with this new launch. How important is it for a brand like HBO to provide local content when people when, when HBO's got such a strong brand identity, you know, people know The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, The Wire, you know, all of these historic prestige TV shows. 
that's presumably what people are going to be signing up for. But how important is it that you still have that local content? The foundation of our content lineup is always going to be the amazing Warner Media content from the United States. We are one of the major producers of filmed entertainment in the world. And you mentioned some of the unbelievably popular franchises that we are entrusted with guiding into the future. Harry Potter would be another one. I would mention the DC franchise with characters like Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. These are communities of fans that are in the hundreds of millions around the globe. Now, that's the foundation. However, if you look at what people actually consume and what they sign up for and engage with, local content depending on where you are in the world, matters more or less. In a market like Japan, for example, local, local content dominates engagement by consumers on platforms. So it's really important in a market like Japan or Korea to have strong local content out of the gate on day one on the service. In Europe, Local content does matter. And by the way, that content now also travels to all the other max markets around the world, of course. Local content in Europe does matter. We've produced local um, scripted series for many, many years in Europe. And we've had some very nice successes with that. I'd mentioned two shows from Spain, like one being Patria, Emmy-nominated show, incredibly strong drama about the Basque conflict of the 1980s and 90s. I'd mentioned the horror sci-fi show called 30 Coins, which was popular not only in Europe on our streaming services there, but also in the United States and Latin America. So we've done great original content in Europe for years. We are stepping up our commitment and investment into that type of content. Our goal is to produce at least 12 scripted drama series in Europe in any given year. And then on top of that, we are now branching out into non-scripted content in Europe for the first time. And that means documentaries, reality TV, lifestyle shows. We think it's very, very important to also develop content that is not scripted, not traditional drama, comedy-based, HBO-type content. And so the investment's going up, the volume's going up, and the variety of territories we source from is going up. Traditionally, we were strongest in Scandinavia and Spain. We are now producing in Poland, in Romania, in the Czech Republic. We have a show here in Hungary premiering tomorrow called The Informant, which is a historical drama that in these political times is super relevant, actually. So we are diversifying where we source content and the type of content we bring to our audiences. We're committed to create content from the region for the region. We think it's important for acquisition, it's important for engagement, and it's important that we play a role in the European audiovisual industry and support storytellers and creatives that deserve to be heard. Interesting that you mentioned non-scripted content in particular, because there's obviously the, uh, on the horizon is the merger with discovery. Are you able to talk any any bit about that or the details still quite vague in how, how things are going to impact the uh, HBO Max side of the business? I, I'm afraid I can't really say much uh, about discovery. Uh, the deal is obviously not, not done and approved and consumed yet. We're still quite a while away from that. And frankly, we, we haven't fully started engaging on, on all the details of what this combination will ultimately mean and represent. I can tell you that I'm personally excited about the content discovery will bring to the combined entity. It's It's certainly different content that appeals to a slightly different segment of our audience, more female, 
maybe younger, maybe more diverse. So I think it's a good addition. Uh, and obviously, the content economics are also quite favorable on that type of content compared to a massively expensive show like House of the Dragon, for example, which will come to our service later this year. So look, we're excited about it, how that content gets distributed, whether this is inside HBO Max as a separate service, bundled, not bundled. I can't really talk about that yet. And uh, we'll, we'll need to wait and see how that comes together. Last thing that I really wanted to ask you was about when people sign up for HBO Max tomorrow, when they're logging in for the first time, what what do you recommend that people watch? What's your personal picks at the moment? Well, I think uh, winning time for for a basketball fan like myself, winning time is an amazing series that takes us back to a different era of the American basketball business and sport, and it's very well executed and extremely well done. There's a, a European show that I <clears throat> want to mention because I enjoyed it personally very much. It's from Poland. It's called The Fall. Uh, it's a very dark, universal crime thriller. I think that could do very well for us, not only in Poland, but beyond. Very, very exciting. We have a very, very cool show coming from Sweden with Sophia Helene, the uh, lead actor actress from The Bridge that you would be familiar with. The show is called Lust. It is a incredibly funny and open-minded comedy about 40-something-year-old females in Sweden who are redefining their romantic and sex lives. It is very, very well done. It was uh, uh, recently premiered at Berlinale uh, in a showcase and did very well. I was in the theater when it premiered. And uh, as I said, it even the Germans laughed, which is a good sign. So I think that will do well for us. So look, there's so much coming that is exciting on this service. It's hard to choose, but those are three of the shows that I personally uh, would recommend people check out. And I suppose in the longer term, you've got the draw of, of Warner Brothers films coming onto the platform from the cinema in the coming months. You know, most recent release of The Batman. Congratulations to Warner Brothers team on a successful launch over there. And then just all of these other projects you've got. So it's very, very yeah, exciting. I, I, uh, I think consumers are benefiting from all this and in tremendous ways. It used to take four or five months before a movie would be available to them in any other form than theatrical distribution. And, you know, with the 45-day window, which is the global standard for HBO Max now, that gets shrunk to, what, six, seven weeks or thereabouts. It's very, very attractive. And the entire slate of Warner Brothers theatrical releases this year will be available on that basis on HBO Max. Warner Brothers is also producing and bringing to HBO Max a set of, I think, 10 or so direct-to-streaming movies, one of them being Kimi by Steven Soderbergh, which uh, is available on the platform as of launch. So there's really a lot of great movie content coming, especially in Eastern Europe, where we've been known as the home of series for many years. This changes the dynamics of the service. Personally, some of the shows that really stood out to me in the in the years since we launched HBO Max in the U.S., uh, Mayor of Easttown, the Undoing, these mini-series mini with Kate Winslet and other top-shelf talent, they did very well for us. Uh, this is storytelling at its very, very best. There's a show coming later this year called The Staircase with Colin Firth and Juliette Binoche. I really look forward that, uh, to that myself. So there will be a constant beat of unbelievable content coming. And now that COVID is being managed and the pandemic is moving towards an endemic, you're also seeing the 
production industry and the output going up and becoming more predictable and regular. This year alone, we had the Harry Potter special on day on day one of the year, January 1st. We had Peacemaker. We had Euphoria, which uh, in, in its second season went went on to unbelievable success and popularity. So there's so much goodness coming. The Gilded Age, another one from Julian Fellows that is a really strong show. There's just a constant flow of highest quality storytelling in series and films that HBO Max will bring to consumers. It's, it's a very exciting time. So that's the show. Thank you very much to HBO Max's Johannes Larcher, and thank you for listening. TV Watch is written, produced, and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast, or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informer.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter, and find us on the web at digitaltveurope.com, where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings on in the TV industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when new episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.